Hello and welcome to The Age Stage, a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians made possible by The Village Baxter, The Village Glen and Encore Living for that regional alternative. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm here today with Brodie Gazay. How are you Brodie? I'm aching as it so happens. Are you? Is that because you've had a birthday recently? Um, it, that's got no. That's got nothing to do with the aching. <laughs> um, but while I was birthdaying, I yes. was up country and dancing. No, doubt. no, 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 no oh. nothing like that. I would. They have a, a system of slave labour at these friends of mine house. And oh, they, do they? And uh, so we go up there and slave for them on their property. Oh, meaning you've got to get your own drinks. No, no, this is hard yakka. Oh, is it? And, and yes, and they they don't have a, a big enough bath for me. Oh, okay. They, they're, they're installing a bigger one, but uh, at the moment, so so there was no opportunity. And they used to have a spa in their old house, and they mm-hmm. will get a spa in this place eventually. Mm-hmm. And the spa was always wonderful. You just fall into it mm. and lie there and wallow. Mm. Yeah, but, I get too uh, hot in them. I so like them. to answer your question, I'm I'm stiff. Are you? Okay. Well, I hope you But it doesn't up. affect my jaw. No. no. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Now, who's on today? So today we have um, General Manager of Home Care, Heather Catherwood, mm. and uh, from MyCare, who provides services to migrants and refugees of a range of cultural backgrounds. So we're going to talk to her today about um, their commitment to providing culturally and linguistically diverse Assistance for housing for okay. elders, yeah. Linguistically. Linguistically. It's going to be. Do I have to speak in a foreign language? I don't know. Oh dear. Mm. And also, best. we've got um, guest our guests from Coast Care, Coast Care Medical, Ben and Stan Proctor from Solve Disability Solutions, and they're going to talk about beds. That will be interesting. Will we? Mm. Yes. Nothing. If you can't, don't get a decent night's sleep. Mm. It all goes horribly wrong from there. It does, yes. In the meantime, we have our friends. And I'll try not to sing out a key. Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends. Mm, I get high with a little help from my friends. And welcome once again, Stuart from the Village Baxter. Paula, Brody, what can I say? We're having a relationship, aren't we? We are, quite clearly. We, we are the dynamic trio. We are. <laughs> it's, uh, I, you, you get an award. I think this is, yes. You, yes. You, you, the station's you, most persistent yes, attendee. Most reliable yes. is what I would say. Sustainable. Uh, sus- yes. Just can't get rid of me. I think no, no, it's far from that. Uh, that's the talk. Look, we, we should just uh, offer our condolences to we Peter should. and his family. Yes. Yep. Mm. On the passing of uh, of his dear mum. Yes, with her. How old was she? Um, I can't answer that question. Mm. Mm. Uh, I I don't know, but Mm. uh, she was living uh, in Tea Tree uh, with with with, uh, her husband uh, of many years. So that that's traumatic at the best of times. We uh, we buried someone just last the beginning of the week, an auntie. So it's Mm. uh, it's not much fun. Now, surprise! I've got a question for you. Oh my heaven! I've just got to read this. Hang is it about just just before you ask yeah. your question, the the person who's coming from my care, a very interesting organisation, my care. You is want it? to ask them about the work they're doing with robotics. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, particularly uh, up in Queensland, and I think they're doing some in Melbourne as well. We were at, if you recall, we had a seminar 
uh, last week mm. yes. with uh, Dr Richard Rosewarn, and who was a, a terrific speaker, but I was sitting next to uh, a very pleasant uh, guy from MyCare, and he was telling us about just what they're doing with robots in their aged care facilities. Really? And very, very interesting. Um, you know, we, we've known the, the precedent of uh, my care was uh, Dutch Care. Mm -hmm. So it was Dutch Care and two other organisations from memory. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we knew the people from Dutch Care really well. And uh, it's actually one of the guys who we'd also give a shout to, Olaf Samastra. Mm hmm. Um, is uh, is actually heading up that particular group, so we might fly up to Queensland and have a bit of a browse to see what they're doing. Now, is, it, is this serious robotic stuff, or, or is it sort of little people running around going, "Have a nice day, have a nice well, day"? They they actually are using it to do things like taking the linen. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, so labour, so, yeah. So labor. actually, as a, as a labour force, mm -hmm. and which will which allows their care staff to spend more time actually. Interacting things. with the and I reckon that is really neat. Yeah. So we'll explore that. W w yes. Whether your guest speaker can uh, can talk about that, mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm uncertain. But if not, well, at some point we should link in mm. with MyCare. We could do a radio hookup. We could and uh, and hear from them as to what they're doing. Yes. certainly we are very interested in it. Oh, fabulous! You know, if you could imagine the, the scenario whereby, you know, if so a nurse would normally be seen pushing a drug trolley around. Mm -hmm. Well, imagine if you had this little robotic trolley that would follow her around or follow him or her mm. around to actually take the manual work out of pushing trolleys. And, you know, and I'd, I wouldn't pretend to know how these things work, but mm -hmm. presumably you've got a little thing attached to your hip and mm -hmm. the robot's just following that beacon so it stops when you stop and you could... Do whatever you require to do, and, and turn it on. off before you go to the loo. Well, yeah, it might be, big, you know, you wouldn't want to be <laughs> necessarily crowded. followed. Yes. Being sort of tapping on the door. <laughs> exactly. And yes. bonk, let let bonk, me in. <laughs> now back to me, back to messages. Now I have a uh, a message here from a Mrs. Thurgood, who's from Mount Eliza. I think it's Mount Eliza. I can't read it. Anyway, it's Mount. Let's say it's Mount Eliza, Mrs. Thurgood, and she's sent in a question saying. Her and her husband have been trying to find a place where they can each have a unit and uh, be independent of each other but next door to each other and wanted to know if there was such a thing. Is there such a service? Short answer is yes. All right. The, and and that's, that can be in a variety of different settings. So, so let me give you a couple of illustrations. Um, we've just taken over the Rosebud Village down in in, um, in Rosebud, or funnily enough, well, conveniently named Rosebud Village to be down in Rosebud. It I is, yes. We've actually made that connection mm -hmm. before. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. so, Tell us more. Um, it was a, a little village of 105 units. <coughs> Excuse me. And we're really keen to see villages of that size uh, continue to thrive and, and prosper in Why the is that, world. Stuart? Why? Uh, we're, we're really keen to see the smaller boutique-type villages mm. who can cater for all the economic, socio-economic groups uh, in society. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the village itself, a, a bit like Village Baxter, doesn't pretend to cater for the top end of town, for the people who have, you know, untold money that they can buy whatever they want. 
So we know that uh, our marketplace is in the two, three, four hundred thousand dollar unit range, and we want to see those sorts of villages exist to meet the real demand uh, on certainly the peninsula, but throughout uh, Victoria and Australia at large. So is this where you see things heading economically for the future? You know, like people, you know, people that can only uh, live on pensions. Certainly, that's the market that we, that, that's our niche market. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've said all, all through our series of talks that, you know, there are plenty of villages who cater for, you know, the serious money, you know, but we don't want to be in that space. You know, there's others that can do that. As a charity, uh, as a not-for-profit organisation, we want to look after people who, you know, can can want a, a good quality product at an affordable price. And we pitch ourselves at that particular market. All right. So let's then cut to the chase because we've had this, it wasn't very long ago, we had a conversation with Peter and he said, we've just got the permit to be able to go ahead and do a project. We've putting that on ice until such time as the government starts to make it properly worth our while to make that level of investment. Uh, but it hasn't stopped you from, from doing this. Okay. So two different markets. Peter's talking about his residential aged care facilities, yep. that the inconsistency with government policy and the financial um, impediments around that is certainly causing a number of organisations to pause and think about the future. Mm. And there mm. would be articles published almost daily yes. now yeah. about the financial plight of residential aged care. That's radically different to providing housing mm. in a resident-funded retirement village. So if you consider that, you know, in, in a village like Rosebud, you know, it, it's, it's certainly not flash and glitzy, uh, but when you walk in, it but feels it's warm comfortable. And, warm and cosy. Yep, mm. it does feel warm and mm-hmm. cosy. For people are just generous and, and, you know, a fun group of people. And that meets their needs. So that they only have a small staffing base to meet their needs on site. And, um, and, you know, uh, they have an emergency call system that's monitored through one of the, uh, the call centres. So, you know, it, it cuts its cost to meet the, you know, the direct service need of the organisation. Mm. So using that as an illustration, so we could easily accommodate two people for side-by-side, unit-by-unit, you, you know, you would need to be lucky to actually get that type of arrangement, mm. but certainly in close proximity, you know, there might be a couple of units between you, can can be achieved in, in a variety of, of villages. Uh, here and now. Okay. Is you know, that I, a strange request, Stuart, or have you heard that before? No, well, I was going to say, the, so the other side of the equation that uh, my sales manager this morning uh, actually said uh, to me before I, I left to come here that they've got uh, a couple uh, who are going to move into the village, I think, in two months' time, but they want their sister to actually join uh, mm. them as well. And can we uh, supply a one-bedroom unit uh, to meet her needs so that as a family they can still be uh, mm. fairly united around it? And the answer is yes, we can. Yeah. So so there are a different variety of, of options available in retirement housing. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be in the right place at the right time for some of them. Um, again, this morning 
we had a, a lady who can only afford a rental accommodation. Well, we're happy to look at those things. So we would look at, at all the, the broad spectrum of needs for people and try and, and match them. All right, well, let's take this back. So I just wanted to make sure that our listeners understand one thing. We are not talking about care here. We're talking about retirement living. So this is village life life living community. process. Community. community. So, so it's a housing community yep. mm. with the services provided. Yep. So we have our village nurses. Yep. Uh, emergency services. So, um, yeah, emergency services. Yep. So push for buzzer. Mm-hmm. Someone will either attend, uh, as it happens at Frankston, down at Rosebud, they would attend during the day, but otherwise there's a registered nurse on, on the call centre mm. uh, who will then direct whatever care needs mm-hmm. uh, you may require. Maybe an ambulance Mm. Maybe uh, the nurse on call will be able to provide direct assistance. And is that a gated community? Uh, n- neither village, so Frankston and Rosebud, are not gated. Okay. You know, it's just uh, just a, a, drive a in, drive block in. of land, drive mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So there, there's just a few no, streets, yeah. little closes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So they're just a, just accommodation. I was trying to actually explain that to our to our work colour authority. Uh, also this morning, mm-hmm. you know, it is not a provision of care, it's a provision of housing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they need to understand that. Like a commune It is, type. effectively. Yeah. You know, you are Community pooling living. together, yes. so you're all paying a, a common service fee mm. to provide a level of staffing that you feel appropriate, and so that's up to the residents to determine, A, what, how much they want to pay through their service fee, and which will then determine how many staff you can have. Mm. You know, at, at the village Baxter, by the fact we've got staff, our village nurses are there 24-7, so actually up and around to attend to something in the night, their service fee is higher than it is down at Rosebud. Mm. Rosebud's made the decision that it's poor economics to have someone standing there uh, at night in case of an emergency, mm. much better to use the call centre. And, and each system works. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, yeah. So it's how it's what the people feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So let's cut to the chase. Could a person who has, say, uh, a, a, a very average little house somewhere that they sold for, let's pick a figure, $400,000, which is about the average price for a small you know, place, uh, and only has the pension. That's all they've got. So the, the, they want to come and talk to you and say, look, this is, this is all I can do. Can you accommodate them? Absolutely. And what would, what would the, the process be? What would they be looking at in terms of how much they're going to give you? How much do they keep? How much do you take from the pension, et cetera, et cetera? So, so simply put, so at 400000 at Rosebud, we're selling our units for 200 for a one-bedroom unit and 300 for a two-bedroom unit. At Village Baxter, uh, we sell units, a two-bedroom unit at 260,000, going up to, to just under, under 400. So it's certainly so within can, the right price range, so no can, matter where you go. They can buy, first of all, they can buy a place. Yep, so that's absolutely. the thing. Right. Good. Uh, in, in our financial scheme says that we will keep basically a third of that. So it's yep. a very simple scheme. So let's say you give me three hundred thousand, I'll keep a hundred thousand of that uh, to to recover the infrastructure cost and redevelopment costs. Mm-hmm. That's after five years occupation, and it doesn't matter. <coughs> excuse me, doesn't matter whether that's five years or twenty years. 
the 100,000 is still the maximum that we would take. So if you've been there for 20 years, yep. it's, it's excellent value for money uh, in terms of, of your loss of income. Uh, your service fee, uh, most service fees try and structure themselves to be around 30% of a pension. So you're left with two-thirds of a pension to do what you want with. So, you, so well, if you look at very, the analysis, so you yeah. your $400,000 house. So in, in our illustration, the person still kept 100000 uh, from their money from buying a $300,000 unit, plus they've got 70% of their pension uh, still in hand. And at the end of it, they've got, depending on whether they've spent any of the money that they've kept, uh, they're going to have 300000 to hand back to their family. Yes. Which is the starting price. Yes. So... So it's that's a, very that's very fair. I mean, when it's put like that, mm. that is to be able to live off the for a th- third of your pension mm. for is that fair? But remembering that the pension is not very much. No, that's what I'm saying. That's but what I'm but, but if you look at the pension and rent assistance now, you know, I'd, if you if you give me advance notice for a question, I would have told. Oh, you. I know, but you but know, but it, it's something like a thousand dollars a fortnight. Right. Pension and rent assistance. So yep. Something of that nature. Uh, and look, next week I might have to correct that. But mm-hmm. No, no, it's, but, it but, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's going you know, to be close. So that there or thereabouts. Yep. So, you know, that, that, that's, once you get your, your core basics provided through in your village, you now your rates are paid, you're getting discounted electricity. Yep. Um, you know, you, so your electricity is paid? Uh, you're getting discounted electricity, right, okay. so better than what's available in the broader community. Right. Uh, and and so so that that's a good deal. Your phone services are generally cheaper than available outside. So you're making a few savings along the way from what you would normally spend uh, in your house. Mm. You know that that's a that's the economics of that is still a pretty good deal. Well, it seems fair to to, to me. I mean, I I. I it just I mean the pension isn't very big mm. so it's not designed to make you rich and happy no no but there sounds like you know for half your pension you've got all your outgoings covered and the rest of it's food yeah so what the Brotherhood of St Lawrence always used to do an analysis as to where your pension money should go and they would say a third should go on housing, a third should go on your necessities, so food uh, and whatever it's costing you to, to actually exist, and the other third should be available for recreation and social needs. Right. So villages would generally be under that. I think from, from memory, Village Glen, uh, so Peter's Village, their service fee is around 28 29% of a pension. Right. So they do slightly better than, than we do. We're up around 31%. But, you know, it's there or thereabouts, and it, it depends on what you get in that value equation. Yeah. Yeah. In, in our instance, and when we, which we hope to introduce at, at Rosebud, uh, is that our service fee covers everything that you are likely to, to require in terms of housing. So that would be your rates, both council and water rates. Yeah. And so there, there's some of the just minor anomalies that exist among certain villages. Mm. So understand what you get from a service fee and providing it still fits within that range, 
it's an excellent deal. Mm-hmm. Consider, I don't know, Paula, what what are your rates at, at home? Certainly mine are over 200, uh, 2,000. I don't pay rates, Stuart. Oh, I don't, well. Well, you're doing your rent. Well, I, no, I don't. No, I don't pay rates at all. No, no, but they, they would be calculated to yeah, be Yeah, well, I have no yes. idea what they no. are. I don't get oh, a rate well, notice. So I, I, I'll, I'll turn to Brody. Do you pay <laughs> rates, Brody? Yeah, we do. And I spend about 2,000 a year. Yeah. When, and, and I spend 2,000 a year both at, at uh, South Caulfield and 2,000 a year up at Marysville. Mm. And you consider, I mean, you don't get a lot for your rates at Marysville for 2,000. Mm. So, you know, once you start to factor those things in, then add in your water rates and, and the rest of it. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of upkeep to a house. Mm. Yeah, that, Yeah. Which, which some of that is taken out of your hands, mm-hmm. uh, in a village. It's taken care of for you. So that, that's part of a value proposition that we don't sell particularly well. You know, when, when we say that, you know, we're, we're quite upfront. You know, we will take a third of your money and the rest of it is effectively an interest free loan. Yep. But amortize that over the duration of your, your, uh, um, living in the village. Mm. You know, if it's five years, yeah, okay, it, it has, may not have been the greatest deal. If it's 10 years and, a, and above, mm. I mean, it's an excellent deal for what you're getting. If it's a month, exchange. it was just unfortunate. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, look, no, because you have a, you, you, you would take that into consideration. We, we do, yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. You know, we, we would certainly not be keeping, uh, what our normal fee yeah. would be. For someone who lasts a month, you know, we we would actually adopt a rental approach to yeah. it, you know. So we're not we're not that greedy. Well, that, I, you, you know, know that uh, that for anyone out there, to me, what that says to me is, if you're on a pension and you've got a house and you want to put yourself in an environment where there is a greater sense of safety, maybe because mm-hmm. of numbers, where there's like people around you, uh, that. Uh, is manageable because of its size uh, and where there's a little bit going on that you can take or leave as as you choose and and do it on the pension which is the reason what we're getting to then i reckon australia can't be a bad place or victoria can't be a bad place to live mm-hmm. and consider that we have a waiting list for Frankston, mm. of 280 people waiting to move into the village. Wow. Mm. So they've, they've considered the, the economics uh, of the so-called value proposition, mm. and we would hope that some of them will take up the opportunity to go to Rosebud, but we would hope to build up a similar sort of waiting list for Rosebud Village, that it is a nice little community and... Uh, and you know, meets mm, the needs of a bit different to Rosebud, though. Oh, absolutely. But we have people got from quite the a lower crime peninsula problem down there. But we've got people from the lower peninsula waiting to move into Frankston. Mm. Mm. So if we can offer them the opportunity to stay in in Rosebud yep. on the lower peninsula, then everyone will will come out of that a winner. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. On that note, I want to say thank you for yet again coming to the uh, mercy of the group, the trilogy. 
Yeah, I'm feeling I've been flayed. I'm <laughs> and it's and it's been a really interesting discussion. It has. Yeah. Will you release the thumb screws at this moment? We will. <laughs> well, I hope Mrs. Thirday finds the. The, uh, the, the, the twin units side by side. I'm not quite sure why she wants that, but <laughs> there could be all sorts of reasons, but we won't go there. I can there. tell you exactly that we won't go there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so we'll, will we see you next week? You will see me next week. Terrific. Good, Good to, to see you, Stuart. Brian. Thanks, Paul. Bye Take now. Bye. Bye. And welcome back to the Age Stage. And we have a guest uh, at the moment, Brody, the lady by the name of Heather Catherwood. Indeed we do. And Heather is General Manager uh, from Home Care, My Care. Which we've just been discussing. We have, with Stuart. With we Stuart. Did. And yes. Heather, welcome. Thank you. Thank uh, you. We've had... Lovely uh, to be here. It's, uh, it, um, the, uh, the, the, the person we've just been talking with is, uh, apparently was talking about with your people at a conference last week and uh, heard all about <coughs> your, your Queensland group doing robotics. Robotics. Are yes, we, it's, um, it's very exciting. Well, they're thrilled. Uh, <laughs> very much a first. <laughs> sounds, it sounds really interesting. Anyway, Heather, today... Um, yes. You were going to talk to us about culturally diverse care, is that correct? That's right. Can you yes. tell us about that, please? Well, I, I, my care is an organisation that is very committed to looking after the needs of people from uh, culturally diverse backgrounds. So, and it's it's really um, it's about people feeling respected, comfortable, accepted, able to express themselves culturally. Mm-hmm. And so, as we all know, different cultures treat their elderly in different ways. So you must come across some interesting situations. Yes. yes, and challenges uh, with different cultures. I think um, uh, we've got many different uh, people from many different cultural backgrounds. Um, and I, I think that the, the general... Um, approach from the is that we you're just dropping we're dead yes we're from different cultures now for some reason Heather we're getting a very bad signal um, we might need to give you a call back on your uh, other line unless we'll, we'll try it a little bit longer because we, we lost we I'll, just lost Yes, that's a, perhaps a good idea. Uh, or, or stay stay where you are. At Put the your aerial up or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay, so we were talking about the um, cultural diversity of different um, cultures and as they age, um, and how. Look, for, for example, we know in the Asian, a lot of the Asian cultures that the elderly are, are treated much differently or with much more. Reverence? Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Uh, then perhaps we do here in Australia. There are, there are many differences. Um, one thing that um, we have found is that with our, our, day, our day services, it's certainly um, preferable people like to be with people from their own cultural backgrounds. Um, and... And it's really about understanding what is important to them um, and adapting our services to meet their particular needs. So not not trying to um, have them fit into 
um, you know, our our service model, mm-hmm. but rather adapt our services to meet their needs. So, how does this? What does this actually mean in reality? I'm uh, I am. Uh, I don't, uh, uh, I'm from a foreign country, uh, and we come to you for service. What yes. happens? Uh, well, it depends very much on the services that that you're coming for. But mm-hmm. I mean, the main area that I'm involved in is providing services in home to people. So we would match. It's very much a matchmaking type situation. So we would send somebody out to to visit you. Um, to assist you through the process of of being able to access any perhaps government funding that you mm-hmm. might be entitled to. Um, try and uh, provide language-specific um, services so that if, if perhaps you come from a, a Chinese background and, and many of the older Chinese people speak Mandarin. So we try... Um, I'm currently... You know, employing people from who who do have those language skills, but who also very much understand the needs of that cultural group. Is it uh, is it a premium service language uh, requirement uh, requests? What I'm saying here is that if you had a you know send me anybody and we'll all speak English, that's fine. But uh, I would really, or, or another one says, no, I want to have Italian or, you know, uh, Yugoslav. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't quite catch that. No, I'm sorry. It's, uh, no, it's our phone. It, you, it's in this particular studio. It's difficult. Um, uh, you have, uh, do, is it a premium service? In other words, if I have, uh, say, an English person that comes in and is doing my caring for me, mm-hmm. um, that's cost of A. Does it cost more for uh, a foreign language uh, person to do the same work? No, it doesn't. Right, it okay. doesn't. Um, I think um, it, it's obviously quite challenging to be able to um, recruit people mm. who have, um, you know, uh, language skills. Um, but I think, you know, probably what we do is we we have a very low turnover of staff and we try to keep them very much engaged with the organisation. So, um, no, there's no cost difference um, in providing the services at all. And so how, um, Heather, is their, their own culture honoured? How do you go about doing that, making sure that happens? Um, look, I think um, it, it depends very much um, on the culture, but, but it's about familiarity. Um, my care was originally um, Dutch Care um, as an organisation um, until about uh, eighteen months, two years ago, when it merged, and is now quite a you know uh, supports a, a diverse range of people. Um, so, if I took for an example um, a retirement village or a couple of retirement villages that we have. Um, Originally, the one, say, in Queensland was started by very early uh, Dutch settlers who came to Australia, um, and it very much reflects the community as they would have had when they were living back in Holland. So um, there are lots of windmills, and there <laughs> is a, a, um, you know, a Dutch produce shop there, and and it's just, it, it just the design of the facility is very homely for mm-hmm. that group of people. So, and, so that's, I guess, what we try and do. And did, did that mean that they only cared for people of that of the Dutch Dutch culture? 
I think originally it probably did, yep. um, but not these days. So, um, mm. whilst there's still quite a number of um, Dutch people living there, um, it's really diversified, and we've mm-hmm. actually got quite a, a large Spanish population oh, there okay. now. So, does that so mean- it's, um, it, it's really diversifying. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you that the village is? changing itself in other words it, it's not got a lot of edam cheese and other bits and pieces it's now got tapas and what have you mm-hmm. is, is well uh, yeah it's, it's got a lovely coffee shop there. <laughs> um, <laughs> beautiful cakes yes yeah um so yeah look i think i think you you know that's true and and i think you know as an organization where we're adapting and and it's a matter of you know there are different groups that are aging mm. in our population at the moment you know the chinese is a very large group um we have vietnamese um indian uh people mm. so so it, it it's an evolving thing and mm. i think that it's important just to evolve with the changes in society and so I'm sure some of them are refugees, uh, Heather. Yes. Are staff trained to handle trauma that, that they may uh, have been yes. through? Yep. They are. Um, mm-hmm. We have psychologists and um, social workers on staff who are, you know, trained in <clears throat> managing um, very complex cases mm-hmm. um, and also providing education to their support staff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, and- that's and is the idea to keep them in their home with the assistance of, of some of the services that you can offer? Yes, very much, mm-hmm. very much. I think, you know, generally people, that's where people want to be. They want yeah. to, you know, remain in their own homes for as long as they possibly can. Mm. So, so all of the services that we provide are designed to keep them in, in their own home, but also engage with their community because mm. one of the, the major things that we find these days with the ageing population is isolation. Yes. And, uh, and depression. So, that's right. so that, that's a very important factor. It's almost as important as having the house cleaned or, mm. or the yes. personal care or whatever is, is to keep people engaged and able to interact with others yeah. and doing things that are meaningful for them. So if they've been people that have been um, gardeners in their time or, you know, their, their hobbies have, have, mm. um, you know, they've got specific hobbies. You, you like to keep people engaged with those types of things because it's much more meaningful to them. So yes. that's what we aim to do. Yeah, I guess the challenge is, you know, uh, would always be people want to stay in their homes, yes, but that can be isolating as well if they're on their own. Um, so to keep that in interaction and engagement happening so that they That's don't right. suffer depression and anxiety for being on their own. Mm. Very much, very mm-hmm. much. And I think that's probably where um, technology is starting to um, have more um, meaning um, in these types of situations. I mean, I have previously been involved um, where chat rooms have been set up or... Mm you know, with groups of older people and they've been able to even share photos and, mm. and things like that. So where they haven't been able to physically get out, they've been able to connect that way. So that that's kind of something that's becoming more to the fore these Fantastic. days. So. How, how yeah. can people find you and your services? Um, well, we have, we have a website mm-hmm. um, where um, just mycare.com.au. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's probably probably the best. Yep. Um, All right. Option. 
Well, thank you for joining us today, Heather. It's been really interesting and we look forward to perhaps speaking to you again in the future. Thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks you. very much. Bye, Bye now. Bye. And welcome back to The Age Stage. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm here today with Brody Gazay. And Brody, we have our visitors Yay. again. From we, we have Stan Proctor from Solve Disability Solutions. And today we have Ben Scott joining us from Coast Care Medical. Welcome, Ben. Hello, Ben. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Good to meet you. Yeah. It was. Great to be here. And we're talking about... Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone sleeps a bit different, but generally we use a bed. We all need it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, a yes. third of our life is committed to that very purpose. That's it is. bizarre, isn't it? it to is. think we spend and, so much time sleeping. Yeah. So Ooh. electrically adjustable beds specifically um, is the area that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And um, Ben and I have been doing a bit of homework as to why on earth would you want one? And I guess top of the list is comfort. Um, so generally speaking, um, people have a comfort requirement when they're looking for adjustability. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that but, the main reason, adjustability? Oh, uh, look, it's, um, it probably would be, and yeah. I guess the adjustability, um, with that adjustability comes a lot of health benefits as well. Yes. Um, I'm with Coast Care Medical in, um, yeah, based on the peninsula. Yep. So we do a lot of hire and rehab equipment. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, predominantly, yeah. Higher of electrical hospital beds yes. is a major. Really? Um, because at home, if you were talking about home, you're, you just get used to it, don't you? And, it, and the bed can be doing you more damage. You're yes. just not aware of it. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, certainly. And um, for some conditions, of course, yeah. people don't stay the same in terms yeah. of their requirements. They actually change. And that's where uh, an adjustable bed can help with pressure care, uh, with circulation. Mm. Um, it might help them to transfer. And also we'll, when we talk about a couple of the examples, um, safety is also a factor. So um, yes. some of the beds that Coast Care do actually come down to 100 millimetres. Mm. That's four inches in the old measure um, off the floor. Wow. Yes, yeah. I noticed when, when my father had a, a, a stroke and I went in to visit him at Caulfield Rehab, yeah. and his bed was nearly on the floor. I yeah. was mortified yeah. and that, until they explained to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, the reasons why. The reasons yeah. why. And they're commonly known as a floor-line bed. Yeah, But yeah. Um, I was talking to Steve before, and um, predominantly cot sides were used, mm. um, you know, traditional side rails on a mm. bed. Um, look, in certain cases, they can be dangerous if people try and get out of the bed and mm. they've got an arm yeah. stuck between the rails. But, yeah, um, yeah floor-line beds... Um, does a really reduce any risk of falls from the bed? Yes. Um, being yeah. that low to the ground, mm. um, you can get a fallout mat that just goes beside the bed as well. Yes. So the risk of injury mm. is nearly minimal mm-hmm. um, from mm. exiting the bed. Yeah. So, but how do you reach the phone? <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> with mobile phones these days, um, with no it goes and, down with you. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, with um, the electrical functions of them, they yep. still have got your backrest um, incline, mm. your knee brake that will lift your knees up, and your knees up, and they will also yeah push of a button, raise you up to uh, get to the bedside table. Yeah, it almost mm. sort of gets you to a stage where it'll tip you out of the bed. <laughs> yeah, well, in, funnily enough, in, in, a, in a balanced way. Well, you can yeah. get chairs that do that. Mm-hmm. They actually tip you out, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Stand you up. Yeah, and there are beds that will actually do that as well. That um, I mean, it's called a Trendallen bag function, but the bed will instead it, of that means bo- tilt for us. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So the head um, end will raise up in the air. You can have them go both ways, mm-hmm. and that can be for blood flow for certain conditions. Mm. Um, 
but also there is a bed you know, nearly designed for it'll tilt up in the air you lift the backrest up and then use the knee brake and you come up into a sitting position um for staff hospital staff to work on mm. um, mm. on yourself so yeah. that's when a bed becomes a chair yep. yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah so that's how much you can change the profile of the yeah, bed mm. so have you got some particular designs today guys that you want to talk about yeah i mean um coast care actually do about nine different adjustable beds so mm-hmm. they cover the whole range um i've selected three just to have a quick look at so the nova four and the four is actually four different functions Mm -hmm. so there's tilt high low the backrest moves Mm -hmm. and the knee area raises Mm. and lowers as well so there's your four functions Mm -hmm. um and that particular one can be had with cot sides um and of the uh, beds we're talking about today a price range about 1500 to 4,000. So that mm. gives you a, a wow. bit of an idea. That's yeah. huge. So we do a lot of, as I say, higher hospital beds. Yes. But a lot of people who don't realise, as you were saying before, that I think they're just stuck with a flat bed. Unfortunately, they're introduced to them, be it an injury or mm. a specific reason to go for a, a hospital bed that they will use in hospital and mm-hmm. then for their recovery will hire a bed off us. They'll see the benefits of them. And um, I guess they're becoming a lot more prominent these days that you'd walk into a bedroom and not realise that that's a hospital bed. Mm. Um, we do the, an eye care range of bed, and it's probably yeah, the, the 4,000, you know, three and a half um, mm. starting point. Um, for You say your singles, you can get them in a king single, but they just look like a really nice piece of furniture that don't stand out as a traditional yeah. steel, mm. kind of clinical-looking hospital bed. What about doubles? Like, what yeah, about a... yep. Yeah. Um, certainly can get... Um, and quite a few options that if you've got, say, husband and wife or a couple that one needs the function of the electrical um, um, raising and lowering of the bed, mm-hmm. um, you can get just a standard bed that will go inside the, the main frame, so to speak. Uh-huh. So then again, you'll have two separate mattresses. Yeah. But if you walked in, and a lot of people still obviously house-bred and like nice furniture, mm-hmm. um, that you wouldn't pick that that's an electric bed as well. Mm-hmm. Or you can obviously just get two. Mm-hmm. Um is one partner might uh, yeah want to have the same options as as the other. Do so, they do they massage sort of people? That yeah, are, you can know, get uh, massage functions for them. Yeah. Um, for people that are spend a lot of time in bed. I mean, yeah. you obviously get some for sores. Yeah, for, sure. For sore, sore yeah. Part, of, part of pressure care, yeah. and you can get uh, mattresses with uh, two different circuits in them: air raising and lowering, so that mm. you actually change the contact point. Mm. Um, I just wanted to take a, um, a moment to talk about websites because mm. I've noticed the wonderful um, RWP website has now got our first two sessions on podcasts. So mm-hmm. we covered scooters in episode sixty-nine on the first of Feb. And we covered wheelchairs um, in episode 74 on the 8th of March. Now, those two uh, programs are both available as podcasts, so people might want to go and have a look yeah, at that. Yes. Go to the website. Yep. And uh, also from Sol's point of view, and we've done a number of bed uh, <coughs> modifications and I guess adding features that people have needed. Uh, some of those you can see on solve.org.au. So um, mm-hmm. people might be interested to have a look there mm-hmm. as well. So you'll be able to order a bed from there, or does somebody come and see you? In terms of uh, coast care, um, yeah, co- coast care out. would be happy to take the request. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you could work in conjunction with the Solves website, but um, yeah, coast cares, coast care. But I mean, you you don't just 
I mean, I wouldn't just wake up and go, oh, I think I'll get a, a bed, I'll, I'll give them a call. You, somebody comes along and says, let's work you out, mm. see what it is you Oh, for sure, and yeah. that's, um, yeah, we, um, and Stan, I was mentioning before, because of high is a really good transition into yeah. purchasing as well. Um, you know, they might um, just hire a single bed office workout that a king single, just being a bit wider. Mm. Um, we can put bed extensions in them if you're over kind of six foot two, six foot five. And that just gives a really good opportunity to, um, yeah, work out what's best for them. And then... Um, so you would come and do a complete assessment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's yeah. with most of our equipment that, um, yeah. yeah, kind of really... Do you- do you work in with GPs and or physios? Yeah, or, a lot of um, yeah. yeah physios and occupational therapists. Yes, um, yeah. a lot of the time in conjunction with. Yeah. Um, so we get a background on their medical needs. Yes. Um, and then yeah, work the equipment around yeah that individual and that's what Stanley and I were talking about before. Mm-hmm. That it's massively not one size fits all. Yes. In most of our products, but beds the same. Mm. But mm. Um, you know, what they want them to do mm-hmm. yeah. um, is a bit part of the furniture. Some yeah. people aren't that concerned about that. They just want the functionality of them. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Good. And just to bookend uh, the segment, um, Brady was simulating a snore uh, <laughs> sleeping before. Yeah. And uh, very just, badly. It wasn't a simulation. <laughs> big, big problem, and that's um, and the, as I say, the health benefits. Not something we could. I could spend an hour talking about. Sure. Different yeah. health yeah. benefits. Snoring is one by raising the head. Um, instead of having you know, multiple pillows, um, you know, your neck constricts your um, breathing. Mm. So just by lifting the backrest up a little bit um, can yeah greatly reduce snoring. I'm mm. finding that I can I know when I've you know you get that sort of echo of snoring when you've been snoring, and you mm. just know that as soon as you slide yourself up the bed a bit, yep, it just stops. Yeah, and it and, and it's, mm. it's extraordinary how much. I really, I really need to think about that. Yeah. I didn't. I never. I have never put two and two together mm. to say it's about time you started to think about perhaps a bed that can do that. Yeah, alleviate, and that's what a lot of people will use five, six different pillows, which can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. But you can have your main one pillow, and as they just raise the backrest up slightly, yeah. that just takes the pressure off your yeah. windpipe and makes breathing better. And there's like the, wow, the advantage of that is the increase in save flow. a marriage. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot cheaper than divorce. <laughs> that's for sure. Mm. So have you guys got anything you would like to finish up on as far as your... Well, I guess there was one area that we hadn't looked at, and that is um, in some cases you might want to consider storage uh, of a bed if you're um, looking after someone on an occasional basis. And uh, one or two of the products that Coast Care uh, have will actually fold um, down very compactly and could be put in a wardrobe. So that's that's a pretty nice feature if you only have an occasional use. Yes. Particularly if you've got a grandparent or something yeah, turning exactly. up. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And um, just um, you know, you can get them up to one person can deliver them to a two-story house. They oh, come really? in four sections, so you've got your head, foot, and two middle sections. Yep. Um, so you're not so, lugging the thing upstairs. Oh, as bit a whole. by bit. Yeah, yeah, bit by bit. So mm. um, and as Stanley was saying, that well, there is one model that you just push the hand control mm-hmm. and it will actually fold itself up to be stored in oh. a cupboard if it is for short-term Fantastic. use. Or yeah, so thank you. Huge well, range of them. Thank you both. Um, our, we've really enjoyed our talks and, and it's been really interesting yeah, finding out about time. what's available from Coast Care and Evolve. And we hope to see you back again. No soon. worries, Paul. Okay. Well, thanks, thanks, Ben. Thank you. Dan. That's the end of our show. It is the end, yep. isn't it, Brody? How yep. quick did that go again? We say that every week, Amazing. don't we? It's really interesting. Yeah. I should really give that some thought, that yeah. bed thing. Yes. Yeah. 
You never think Mrs. G might be thrilled about she that. She would be very thrilled. She's probably ordering it as she, we speak. She might return to the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, take care. You too. You have a lovely week. You too. See you Bye. next week. Bye.